one and all, and welcome back to our mini-episodes known as the Broadway Bulletin. We have two wonderful shows to talk about today, so why don't we dive into it? The first show we're going to talk about was at Theater Row and put on by J2 Spotlight Musical Theater Company. The show was a class act. So this was a very fun and interesting show. And what I loved about it is I love a good show that tells a story about something that I didn't know. Um, it told the story about someone I wasn't aware of as much as I'd like to, but we've covered his work before. Okay. So it was about the songwriter Ed Cleveland who wrote the lyrics for A Chorus Line. That's what he's most known for. That's what most of our listeners would probably know him for. He's written other lyrics and songs, but that's what he's most known for. Okay. And um, so, like, hearing that, I was like, oh, okay, well, I didn't realize you could probably write a whole show or a whole show was written about his life. Like, he's a lyricist, and if he only had, like, one big hit, like, how interesting could it be? Uh, How wrong was I? Oh. Um, It was a simple show, simple set, simple all around, but it was delightful. That's the biggest thing is it was delightful. Music was clever and it was catchy. Um, each performer brought something special to the stage that really made the show engaging and larger than life, which was nice. They weren't just like a passing fancy. So, I mean, it should be known, this is an off-Broadway off show. So it's a smaller theater, smaller theater company. I mean, this is not, this is far from the grandness of Broadway. But that being said, the energy and the quality and the performers were nothing short of Broadway performers, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. The actor playing Ed Kleban, Andy Tai, uh, really stole the show with his amazing performance. Um, he was so detailed and transformative. Like, we watch his character age and spiral. He's very obsessive and um, hypochondriac and just, you know, he kind of loses it, but in that artistic way too. And he does this in the manner of two acts. But we also saw that creative genius at work too. So while we feel for this guy who's just losing control, we can also see that artistic genius coming to the surface and it's hoping that the balance maintains. Okay. Um, The other cameos that were... Uh, showcased in the show, including Marvin Hamlish and Michael Bennett and whatnot, they were amazing. So these actors that had to play these really significant, well-known characters, I mean, they were spot on. Hamlish had the glasses and the hair perfect, you know. And his when he would sit at the piano and turn and talk to the audience, it's, you know, the left hand on the piano turn, and I was like, oh my God, I've seen this before. You know what I mean? Like, it was... 99% of the times when Marvin, the guy playing Marvin was on stage, he was at the piano, sitting at the piano. And I'm trying to think of a time I've seen Marvin Hamlish in an interview and he's not without a piano. So I was like, that's funny. Um, it, I, four out of five on the show was really, really good. Sadly, this show closed on February 20th, 2022. For our second show, we head to the beautiful Lincoln Center Theater and to the Mitzi Newhouse Theater there, where we attended Intimate Apparel, the opera. So this was a play written by um, Lynn Nottage in the early 2000s, if I remember right, but now they've turned it into an opera, and it was an 
absolutely beautiful work. Um, I am not familiar with the play, which I appreciated not knowing any. I like sometimes being ignorant and going into a show. Mm-hmm. Um, the story is heartbreaking and captivating, um, but it is an opera. I want to let the listeners know. So, you know, sung all the way through. Do not expect consistent dialogue or anything like that. Nope, it is sung. And it is sung like an opera. It, there's no modern musical theater, period. It is an opera. But that being said, the music is modern and brilliant by operatic standards. It didn't sound like a Tuscanini or a, a Wagner or anything like that. No, mm-hmm. it, it sounded modern. The, just the way the chords progressed and the words they were using. Obviously, there's no rhyming to it. But it was in English, right? It was in English. They still projected the words in case, like, you didn't understand it. Uh, In fact, I found myself um, reading the words at first because, like, oh, they're projecting the words. But then I didn't need to. Even if I didn't understand it, I knew what was being said. Mm -hmm. The uh, vocal talent and delivery is at a virtuoso level. I mean, oh, oh. I love to hear that. I love to hear that. The cast is really beyond real. The costumes were gorgeous, so detailed, and so fitted, and perfect for the time. The hair was perfection, just the way it was rolled in there. And then some of the hair had to be, like, flattened back or whatever for the time, because it's, like, the early 19... Like, the 19-teens, I think, when the Panama Canal was being constructed. Okay. So, um, obviously, all people of color. So, some of Obviously, all people of color? Oh, I'm sorry. You didn't know the play. They're all people of color. Okay. And um, so some of them had like these rolled hair, mm-hmm. but like the lead leading character had hair that was like down and, and slick back. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that look is called, mm-hmm. but it was a gorgeous, gorgeous wig. Um, everybody, all the women were wigged, but it, they were just beautiful wigs. Um, the moving set was really cool and allowed the simple set and that smaller theater to appear much larger than it was. Which was great. The stage rotated and things would be brought in and out as the stage would rotate, which allowed us to just feel like the space was bigger. Because mm-hmm. that stage is the, the, it's a mimicry, I think it's a copy of the Vivian Beaumont right above. So allowing that stage to rotate, especially when the theaters, the stage is in a thrust, it's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, though sung like a typical opera, I felt the presentation and story was anything but. I've seen a few operas, not many in my life, but I was like, this doesn't feel... It felt like, and I, I, I could be wrong, opera's not my thing, but it felt like an American opera. Okay. In the storytelling, in the way, I mean, not just the subject matter, but the way it was told. Because it still felt like the, the way, the story, the way they were telling the story was a, like a musical, mm-hmm. but the actual like music of it and lyrics... An execution of the music was opera. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. You know, and there was not a lot of like, in my idea, opera, there's a lot of park and barking. Mm-hmm. I'm going to stand, I'm going to sing beautifully, and you're going to admire it. And that wasn't necessarily the case. There wasn't a lot of movement, but there was just, I don't know, there was this communication that you get a lot more in the in the theater stage. Um it was a different experience at the theater, but I'm tr- it was truly special and, uh, and really a wonderful one. Five out of five. Tickets for the show at the Mitzi Newhouse Theater are on sale through March 6, 2022. 
Before we go, we want to invite you all to join us in celebrating Women's History Month, which starts tomorrow. Join us every Wednesday and Friday on our social media as we recognize a significant woman who has helped to shape and define the theater, as well as shatter glass ceilings and level the playing field. And this concludes this episode of the Broadway Bulletin. Be sure to tune into our next edition coming out every Tuesday and Saturday. So until next time, I'm Andrew Cortez. And I'm Hope Bird. Reminding you to turn off your cell phones. Unwrap your candies and keep your mask on. And keep talking about the theater. In a stage whisper. Thank you. If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review, like, and subscribe. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Stage Whisper Pod. And feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at StageWhisperPod at gmail.com. Our theme song is Booga Blue by U.S. Army Blues. Other music on this episode provided by Jazzar and Billy Murray. Oh,